Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 7. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Saturday. Steelers Nation, of course, recording this episode on Saturday on the heels of the Pittsburgh Steelers preseason opener. A really fun game and victory for the Steelers 27-17 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay last night Dave a little bit of everything you saw the first team offense look strong some rookies made plays defensively there were some splash moments overall a so glad football's back and b so glad to see that version of football back I think an overall strong performance from this team yeah you know you you talk about preseason games and first preseason games in general uh I, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, and and I, I think we we were able to learn a lot just from the TV copy from it, and obviously the all twenty two version will drop hopefully later on this Saturday. Uh, there was a lot more good in that game, really throughout it uh, to uh, to to talk about, especially when it comes to some of the younger players and some of the players that we talked about. Hey, keep keep you know keep an eye on. On, on these players here. So uh, it, it was definitely an entertaining night. It moved a little slow there in the, in the second half. I, it, it, it felt like overall there, but uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I was highly entertained. And once again, you know, you can't catch everything uh, the first, you know, live time through the TV tape. And I, I went back and watched the TV tape again uh, last night and a little bit uh, this morning. So uh, we, we definitely should have enough to talk about until the, uh, until the all 22 does drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pittsburgh gave us plenty to talk about. You're probably further ahead on the rewatch than me. I still have to go through all my charting and then of course go back and watch the game with a fine tooth comb, but let's, let's just dive right on in and let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers first offensive. Well, do you want to talk about injuries or what do you want to do here to kind of, yeah, yeah, go ahead and get the injuries knocked out and then we'll just jump into jumping through the game here. Yeah. Well, Mike Tomlin earlier this week said all the healthy players will play. Uh, There may have been some of those bruised and concussed birth certificates that you mentioned (laughs) because a lot of veterans did not play, which I have no problem with. No Cam Hayward, no TJ Watt, no Patrick Peterson. Um, all those kind of, you know, bigger star names defensively sat this one out. Uh, some guys that had some minor injuries did not play Larry Ogunjobi. I had reported on that late last training camp practice that Ogunjobi was with a trainer, seemed okay, but he did not play in this game. Unfortunately, no Joey Porter Jr. in this game. I presume it's still the ankle that he's been battling a bit. I don't know that for a fact, but regardless, he did not play in this game. Hopefully he can be ready for the Bills game on the 19th. Now, in-game injuries, there were a, a couple and potentially a one serious one at minimum. A couple inside linebackers going down. Chappelle Russell had a knee per Mike Tomlin. Nick Witowski had a, sh- a right shoulder injury diving to force an incompletion. Don't know the status there. And unfortunately, uh, cornerback Duke Dawson suffered what appeared to be a fairly significant looking knee injury very late in that game and uh, reportedly had to be uh, uh, he walked off with, with help of trainers, but I think he was carted back to the locker room. Also, Keanu Benton with an ankle injury. He did not return in the second half of this game. Mike Tomlin did not mention him by name post game. Hopefully that's a positive sign, but we'll just have to, to wait and see. This team will be back at training camp in Latrobe tomorrow. I'll be there to report who's looking, you know, who's practicing, who's not and and who looks OK. Yeah, and uh, the game book, uh, obviously we haven't charted anything yet, but the game book says that uh, players that did not play Friday night, uh, Presley Harvin III, Chris Boswell, Patrick Peterson, Trey Norwood, who has that uh, 
was it a leg calf injury? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Demonte Casey, who's been sidelined for for quite a bit, uh, Joey Porter uh, Jr. as you mentioned, Keanu Neal, who's been sidelined a little bit, uh, John Lovett. Uh, <laughs> Poor, poor guy gets signed to the roster and has, you know, barely even saw practice time. Didn't play. Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Christian Kuntz, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Larry Ogan Joby. So uh, those are the players that that uh, that uh, did not see any action uh, in this one. Obviously, it, it it seems like with the uh, the punter, the kicker, and the long snapper, it was the uh, it was the backups uh, night in this first preseason game. So that's probably why none of those guys played, and the rest of the guys either uh, had injuries or. Uh, contusion of the birth certificate <laughs> that they did one player who did play which was a positive development was rookie nick herbig who had missed the last couple of practices in full he was limited over the last i don't know a few days before uh, the game with a hip flexor injury he played in this one entered the game a bit later than i think people thought but he played and certainly made an impact we'll talk about that here in just a little bit but dave let's dive into the game here and again let, let's start with the pittsburgh steelers offense on their first possession as good of a drive that, that, that Kenny Pickett could have possibly had. The report was pregame. Kenny Pickett would play just one series, and one series was all he needed. Six of seven, 70 yards, 33-yard touchdown to George Pickens on a slant with plenty of yak. We're talking about a lot of things we did not talk about last year with the Steelers offense. Starting fast, middle of the field, yak opportunities, Pickens on a slant. I know it's preseason. <laughs> it's one game, but it's it's a lot of fun to talk about. Well, it, it, the, on you know the, on the podcast that we did on what day is it? Uh, Friday. There we said what what do, what do you what is a good you know uh, uh, opening preseason game for Pickett look like? We rolled through a few of those things and and a lot of those boxes were checked. But I I think you hit it, man. In that one series alone, how many things did we see in there? Uh, oh, you forgot converting third and long too. (laughs) You know, uh, look at all the things in that one, what was it? A 10 play 83 drive of, of things that we did not see, uh, uh, last year. You had him, uh, spreading the football around. Uh, you had him going, uh, going through his progressions. Uh, in fact, the, uh, uh, the touchdown to uh, to Pickens was him going through his progressions and knowing he was going to have him there on the slant. We had the slant itself, uh, uh, which uh, and for Pickens at that, which is mm-hmm. which was pretty monumental. As you mentioned, the yards after the catch uh, with the Pickens uh, touchdown specifically, the uh, explosive play uh, on the touchdown of 33 yards, longest. Uh, that was longer than any touchdown that they had offensively last year. Correct. Uh, Right. Which um, is a encouraging and depressing (laughs) stat all at the same time. Right, right, right. You had a, uh, you had uh, a 10 yard run by Jalen Warren, which, you know, Mike Tomlin even talked to Bob Labriola uh, pregame and and clarified once again, that they, they, they uh, consider explosive runs to be 10 yards or more. Uh, Geez, what else did you have in there? You had a couple Deontes, of days, couple deep, of catches to him. Yeah, and a little bit of yak after after that. You had the uh, a third and ten conversion, uh, uh, two uh, third and ten, and a, a and the touchdown came on a third and eight uh, there as well too. So, uh, and then you know the one incompletion that 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 Pickett had. I mean. It, it was it was certainly understandable with the pressure and all uh, that he that he faced on that one. So, <laughs> I I don't I don't think you could have drawn up a better uh, get our starting quarterback uh, one possession uh, and then get him out of the game type situation. Uh, you you got to feel pretty good about uh, about that overall, you know, uh, in, in in totality. And more than anything, it ended in a touchdown. To, to answer your question and the question we posed Friday, what does a win look like for Kenny Pickett? It's that. It's what happened right. on Friday night. I mean, that was as good as you're going to draw it up in your head and go yeah, some, walk. Yeah, it's some mooth in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. you know, one, one time as well. So, yeah, uh, uh, not a lot not to like. But I really go back to the Pickens touchdown, obviously. And it's not just the fact that they scored. It's the fact. And I talked about this with Pickens from almost day one at camp that he was doing more than just being the vertical guy. He was doing the boring, which is running the seven yard slant and beating press coverage. And then you do something after the catch. He will certainly still be 
one of the best at that contested downfield vertical kind of guys, but he can be more than that. And that will take his game to the next level. He was the NFL's worst yak wide receiver last year, in part due to the route tree and just him being the vertical guy that doesn't always lend itself to having a ton of yak when you're winning contested. But I mean, he got, I think, what was it, 21 yards of yak on that touchdown. So, I mean, that's just stuff you didn't see last year. So for Pickett to hear right, look left, full field scan, come back to his right, put that ball on the money, a really good yak throw to allow Pickens to run in stride, not slow down, not allow the defender to make a, a play on the football. And that helps create the yak opportunity. And then Pickens does the rest. I mean, remember that game against the Raiders last year? There was that, I think, NFL Films, you know, mic'd up where Pickens, where Tomlin's on the sideline kind of, you know, grumbling about Pickens not getting yak and not getting up right. field. This this area, you know, Pickens gets up field, makes a move, makes the safety miss and gets in the end zone. So all that to say, and I have the article uh, on the site this morning, this offense doing things that just, just they, they did not do last year. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and then, you know, you got those guys uh, uh, in there, got them lathered up for a good 10 plays and, and, and got them out of the game. Yeah, that again, that is exactly to a T what you wanted overall. Get them in, have a really good series. You didn't want one series, three and out. And then it's like, OK, do you send them back out there again? Because they only got three plays. It was a crisp, efficient drive that put the ball in the end zone. So happy with that. Just to kind of maybe more broaden things out offensively beyond that first possession. What are some things that stuck out to you, Dave? Uh, beyond that first possession there, uh, right away, once, uh, well, the thing that stuck out was Kendrick Green came into the game, at, 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 was the second team center. We wondered who was, who was going to come into the game uh, when. Uh, he was the second team uh, center there uh, immediately <laughs> uh, uh, on the ground there uh uh that stuck out right away uh whew, the i'm trying to well, well let's I, talk calvin austin let's talk right. the other i think big impact play maybe we can do this by more position group because you're right there is so lot so much to talk about but calvin austin his first nfl game 364 days today is officially i believe one year since his foot injury that effectively ended his season tried to come back in october we aggravated that foot had surgery season over and if you were wondering if that speed was still there, it is still there. That 67-yard touchdown down the left sideline, a great ball by Mason Rudolph. Austin's first NFL touch, a 17-yard jet sweep. So big explosive plays, the other theme of this game. You're getting those explosive plays that were so severely lacking a year ago. And look, he touched the football four times, had 90-something yards. <laughs> there's there's nothing wrong with that. And and, and he had another uh, drew a pass interference penalty of, uh, what was it, 30-something yards uh, down the, down the right-hand side. And then on top of that, uh, probably should have had another reception in that game uh, in, 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 in the second quarter there on kind of an out-breaking route there. And, and – uh, I thought Mason Rudolph kind of short on that a little mm -hmm. bit and, 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 you know, one hopped it to him over there on the side. So, uh, the, the, the he's over that, I'll tell you this, he's over that foot injury and, you know, we, we talked quite a bit about, you know, uh, throughout the off season here about what he did and the, and, and, and the explosive play rate that he had, uh, in Memphis and especially for, for a span of three years there, if, if that's what he can provide you, then they're going to benefit from that. Uh, most definitely. He's, he's a guy that if he can get a free, free release off the line, like, like that, uh, I mean, he, it's going to be hard for, for, for teams to kind of zone him because of the fact that he can still probably run right by him. And then on the flip side, you try to put a guy up on him and, use maybe a bigger corner to kind of jam him. You better, you, you better knock him off his route mm -hmm. because if, if you don't, he'll, he'll, he'll run right past you as well uh, on top of it. And look, I, you go back and look at that one that I said, he got one hop by Mason there. There's a lot of separation over there on that, on that side. So the fact that, you know, I, I think he showed, and we'll see what the all 22 says. I, th I think he showed enough, not only on, on the deep ball, which, which, which was evident, but on, on some of the shorter routes there that, that, you know, they were, they were pretty crisp, I think overall and got some separation on them. Yeah. I mean, I know that he's not going to have an incredibly consistent role in this offense. There's going to be some feast famine to his game, but when he's on the field, if you're a defense, 
it's hard to play single high. It's hard to play one-on-one coverage and hope that you can run with a guy like Calvin Austin and the threat that he's going to bring horizontally, whether that's jet sweeps or screen game or RPO game, and then vertically, as you saw in the touchdown. And I thought even just technically, it was a really good route by Austin to stem outside, stay clean, not get pinned. And the coaching point from wide receivers coach Frisman Jackson is to not look back early on those go routes. You want to dig and look forward so you maintain your speed and look back relatively late while, so that you can you know get a step on the corner. And, he, and that's what Austin did, look back late down the football. By that point, he's got, I don't know, two steps on the corner. Who's looking back too early, slows him down. And it was a great ball again by Mason Rudolph. So I think even just the little details of the route to really highlight the, the speed that Austin has um, was really uh, encouraging to see. So just happy for him to be inside the stadium, to have that impactful play, gave the football to his dad. And so just just a great moment all around. It was like five yards of separation in in, in that when he was behind him there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason throws a good deep ball. You know, if you give him time, oh, yeah. he, he, he can he can get it out there. And I think kind of one of the undersold things, it, it wasn't textbook. Overall, could have done a better job on it, but I think that was Greg Bell in there that had uh, 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 had had to pick up on that on the linebacker in there, and he did enough to uh, uh, you know serve as a fire hydrant of some sort. There, uh, you'd like to see him really kind of finish that because there was st- the, the defender still got up, was able to get in Mason's face a little bit. But uh, the key thing is there is that Greg Bell provided uh enough time for for mason to get that thing uncorked and uh ended up in the end zone there so uh kudos to him yeah it's uh it's a full team effort it was probably more speed bump for bell in that play but it was enough as you said and and i guess ultimately that's that's what matters so let's look at receiver in that room more specifically we talked about pickens johnson austin anything else stick out to you from the wide receiver position yeah, boy, Cody White had a prime opportunity to make a statement in this game, mm-hmm. I felt, uh, overall. And uh, that interception down the right side, could uh, A, could could Mitch have put that out there another yard? I don't think the safety was going to come over and, and and catch up with that. So I think uh, if, if, if Mitch puts that out there, you know, another yard and a half or two out, out, out in front, I think it's a pretty uncontested, uh, catch opportunity for Cody White. Well, it wasn't uh, put out that far, but even so, that that is a contested catch opportunity where if you want to make an NFL team as a fringe wide receiver, you better make that play. And it actually did kind of get into his hands a little bit there uh, overall. And and who was it? Zion over there? Yeah, McCollum. McCollum. Uh, and wasn't our own uh, Owen Straley really high on Zion? Uh, I believe coming out. I think. But uh, uh, you know, I, I you put you you put you get in a fifty fifty situation like that that and, and you win those balls. That'll that'll win your roster spot. And mm-hmm. and he didn't. It ended up being an interception. Yes, I I do agree that Mitch could have maybe put that out there a little bit more, but he didn't. Uh, now, uh, later on in the game, there was another one that went right off his hands too. So, uh, now he did have late in the first half, I think he had that key catch and was able to, uh, run. And I was worried he was, I, I, was, <laughs> right. I was, I was worried he wasn't you know going to get down in a quick mm-hmm. enough time for them to be able to come back and get the spike there. But there were several things, uh, there at that play. Um, he caught it. He was a, got got a little bit of uh, yards after the catch there, got down and immediately didn't give the football to anybody, ran that thing back towards the center of the field. Th- Ooh, those are kind those are kind of those are kind of things that you don't, you know, maybe pick up right. I, I didn't pick up on it until going back through the game there. So uh he was able to get that ball back to the refs in the center of the field in enough time for Mason Rudolph to spike that thing. Uh, which ended up in, in, in points. So there were some negatives with him, I think, in that game, but there were a couple of positives there. But o- overall, you got to make those, ca- you know, if you're going to win a roster spot, you got to make those catches, I think. You do. The margin for error with Cody White is pretty small because he's fighting so hard for a spot and he's had a really good camp overall. And that's a great point about him putting the ball down and, and taking it back. I did not even realize that. And, and that's one of those professional you know, type things that you would expect from guys that have been in the league for a couple of years like him. But 
there were some missed opportunities. And when you're fighting really hard for a spot, you got to capitalize on every chance. And so to me, again, that's why I think he's, you know, prime practice squad material. I think he's going to make this team in terms of being part of the, the, the taxi squad. But that push for the 53, I just don't see the path for it. As far as uh, other wide receivers go, uh, well, I mean, H- Hakeem had one that, you know, I had to see when that ball comes out, but it seems like he should have had one that that probably is going to go in the books as a drop. Gunner, I mean, uh, Gunner's an all effort guy. I mean, he's not flashy. He's not going to be a guy that even if he makes the the team uh, as, as let's say a six wide receiver, that he's going to catch more than four or five you know balls in a season. I don't think, but he is a high effort guy, and especially in the blocking game, man, for a guy as 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 you know, for his statue, uh, he, he gives you all he has, you know, when it comes to blocking, uh, in that aspect of it, Allen Robinson wasn't in the game enough, but, uh, I, you know, I, I think he did enough good things, you know, to, uh, uh, I mean, we won't really highlight any of them. I think, I think he had one, uh, got slipped on one of those blocks early, but he was able to recover and at least make an impact to free up. Uh, that might have been the Jalen Warren run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might have been the Jalen Warren run there. So uh, I think that's uh, kind of all that stick, stuck out to me at the wide receiver position, at least it, a couple times through here. It was interesting that what Calvin Austin nor Gunnar Olszewski got a return attempt. It was all Jordan Berg, the rookie back there. And I, that kind of surprised me. I thought those mm-hmm. that you would see Austin Olszewski because it feels like they're, they're more primarily fighting for, you know, to, to, to carve out a role there. I, I know bird is as well. I mean, his whole calling card is being a return guy. He was a star uh, kick and pump return at San Diego state, but is he seriously competing for a roster spot? I mean, maybe Pittsburgh wanted to give him a, a long look in this game and we'll change things up for the, the second and third games, we'll have to to wait and see on that. But that, I thought that was kind of notable from the return aspect of things. Right. right. All right. Let's talk quarterbacks. And we talked about Kenny Pickett and obviously, you know, a plus performance for him. Uh, what about the rest of the quarterbacks? All, all of them played. It was Mitch Trubisky coming in next and Mason Rudolph. And then a big uh, heaping dose of Tanner Morgan in this one, which was not the, the best effort. But obviously, you know, first NFL game late in the game, you know, you're going to expect a, a lot of bumps along the road, but I thought overall, I thought Trubisky was, was okay. He was fine. I thought Rudolph led a really good two minute drive and Tanner Morgan obviously looked like a guy playing in his first NFL game. Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously one of those attempts by Trubisky, we just talked about was picked off. Uh, I mean, he only had four attempts in the game. R- really wasn't in there long enough to draw any hard. I mean, it, it, it obviously won't go in the books as his best, uh, mm-hmm. best showing by, by any stretch. And I think he had, he had a little bit of pressure in there uh, overall. And that first drive was what three and out that he was in the game uh, for. So really not much to draw from, from him there. Mason uh, nice, uh, at least uh, 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 one time he had Kendrick green thrown right back into him uh, there. He, he had to face a little bit of pressure overall. I didn't like that short arm over to the, to, to the left on that one to Austin there. The deep ball was fine. Uh, he got him moving down the field on that uh, two minute drive to get those points at the end and a half end of the half. So that was a positive uh, there. So, I mean, there, you know, did take a couple of sacks where it looked like he tried to get the ball out last, last minute there. But I think that th- those were ruled sacks there. And as far as Morgan goes, yeah, uh, not, not a lot overall there. How many snaps did Morgan have in this game? Do you have the official number from the game book on Tanner Morgan? Uh, I do. Hold on. I mean, he came here. in what midway through the third quarter. I believe it was after the, I think it was after the Austin touchdown, that possession. 21 snaps. Okay. He had 23 reps in team period throughout training camp so far. So I'm not opposed to him playing in this one. I was surprised to see him play as much as he did. I thought he might come in last drive of the fourth quarter. One of those types of deals, I think, to, you know, for a guy that has not gotten a ton of work, I'm sure they'll talk about mental reps and, you know, what he's done throughout the spring, but it was probably a little too much exposure for a guy who probably wasn't ready for that much. And I understand wanting to play a guy and see him and you have, you know, you know what you have in Rudolph and Trubisky, but you don't want to put these guys in positions where they, you know, basically kind of set up to fail. I thought Morgan probably was, asked to do a little bit too much and it was the interception and the botched exchange and a fumble late in the game just probably would have been better if he had played you know eight snaps in this one right right uh uh 
And the stats went uh, Pickett 10, Trubisky 9. Uh, what did Mason have? 23. So I, th- I think the emphasis was to get those, that, that number three and number four quarterback some time in this game, you know, o- sure. overall. And they, and they did that. That might be all that you see of Morgan, though, uh, the rest of the preseason. True. You imagine that for game two and possibly game three, this team will play their starters more as they kind of did last year. And so you're right. They probably wanted to see the backups more in this game, knowing that the starters will see more action against the Bills and in that preseason finale. All right. Running back. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I I was going to move to running back. Anthony McFarlane, uh, you know, a fine. It matched what what you were reporting coming out of camp there. Now on that touchdown run of his uh that was poor contained on the outside. I think mm-hmm. we both agree on that, but uh, you, you still have to take advantage of it. Right. And he put it in the, in, 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 in the end zone there. So uh, good on him. I thought he was fine. David, uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention going back through uh, the time and a half on, on the TV tape and all, but I know they had him back there for at least one kickoff with, okay. with, with McFarland. I don't know if the, if it was more than that, but, and I think that ended up being a touchback or something like that, uh, for him there, but, uh, at least, they, and I did, I, I haven't scoured it enough to see if he was used any, any other time on like special teams or whatnot. Yeah. I really want to look for that. I mean, yeah, it was a good run to the outside showing his speed. I'm sure I got some pushback. I didn't include McFarland on the winner's list. It was obviously a good touchdown run. I just want to see, did he do more than that? Did he, because I know the dude's fast. I know he can win the edge when the contain's pretty poor. So not taking that away from him, his good camp continue, continues, but I want to see and go back to the tape and see if this guy was doing more than just um, that one play. Did they use any pony? I don't know if I saw any pony two running back sets uh, in this one. Uh, just one special team snap for McFarland. Really? So, it, so it had to be that, uh, that, that, that kickoff that he was back for there. So that, that was it for him on special Man. teams. So, I mean, if he, if he makes this team, like what's his value on game we day? We talked for about you, it. I know. We, My, we talked about it. I mean, it, uh, I mean, it, you can do it, but, uh, man, you got to have him dressing over there just, Maybe they can get him to be the kick returner. Maybe they'll give him a, a longer look as, as, as a kick returner. But what do you do with Calvin Austin? You know, it, uh, Calvin Austin gives you a lot more explosion and speed and all like that. So, uh, going to be interesting to see these final two preseason games that McFarland can get any burn because if he can't, and if Austin's the kick returner, it's different if it's a 55 or 56 man roster, but it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And even if he is the kick returner, McFarland, with their new rule, it's going to reduce kick returns even more. That's not a lot of value you're bringing. If you're doing both, right. if you're doing kicks and punts, okay, th- yeah, that that's I think substantial value. But if you're just a kick returner watching, you know, football sail out of the end zone, or you're fair catching at the two yard line to put it at the twenty five, that's not really going to create a ton of value to compel you to, to to stick around. So again, the guy's had a really good camp. I'm excited for him. I think he's you know putting things together. He's the clear front runner of all the internal options. I just wonder, will they go with an outside guy late in this process mm-hmm. and, and find someone late on the waiver wire that would have that special teams value. They covet so much for that number three position. We'll just stay tuned. It feels like we had the same conversation last year, you know, uh, how, how is he going to fit in uh, with, with, with this team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and this has happened with other guys at different positions. You think about, I think about Tuzar Skipper and Ole Daney, guys that were really good on their side of the ball defensively as pass rushers, but they weren't playing on special teams and they don't end up ultimately sticking initially because of that lack of special teams, uh, you know, ability or, or, or trust there. So that is the concern. Tied in. Um, less so to talk about overall. I really probably need to go through the all 22 to study that for I'm with, with the early catch Connor Hayward, a couple of good snags, which is, you know, in his wheelhouse and even got a, a true running back carry, which I, I thought he would. I thought Connor Hayward would get a true running back touch in this game. And he did out of the backfield. Darnell Washington. I want to see more from him in terms of going back through the tape. There was a really good down block that he had my overall thought. And I believe I mentioned this before the game was whenever he can, he can work angles and use his size and strength to seal guys down, he's going to be a bully. But in some of those more traditional base blocking, square up, go forward type of deals, I think he'll struggle a bit with his leverage and hand placement, and he's got to refine his technique. I think I saw a snap or two of him have, having some issues there late in the game. But when he can you know, have a, execute a down block, I mean, this guy's going to just maul people. 
they uh, they had him in the game early too. I don't know what that means, but uh, they they wanted to get a good look at him uh, early in the game. Yeah, he played twenty five snaps uh, in 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 total at at various. Uh, stages throughout this game and, you know, had to catch. Did you see uh, after he got that catch, he went over to the sideline there. Mike, uh, he went over. Mike Tomlin made sure to shake his hand. Oh, there, really? No, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, there's there's a good little clip uh, of, of, of of that as an Easter egg in the TV tape there. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was fine overall for, for Washington. And we'll, we'll see what the uh, all 22 says about some of the blocking and all. Yeah, so I think it'll be when we come back for our next episode Monday. Hopefully, we can add a bit more uh, color to the to the tight end room. All did right, you, Dave. Did you have Hot Rod Williams as a fullback uh, <laughs> on your bingo card for this one? I know there's at least one snap of that that I saw. I didn't. I didn't see him do it in training camp. So yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, you know, he's a guy trying to to stick around. He had a, a catch or two in this one, right? I believe. So you know, a little bit of production from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he also played 14 special team snaps in this Ooh, game. That's important. Yeah. Can't uh, discount that. All right, Dave, offensive line. Now, there's a lot to talk about here. The starting five were the predictable starting five in this one with Moore, say, Amalu, uh, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chuck Wuma, a core four. That group on that first drive, I thought, you know, was fine. I thought a core four probably had a couple of difficulties. I think he got beat inside once and then lost the edge on another rep. Maybe he was expecting a chip from Jalen Warren. I'm not entirely sure, but overall that line, I think held up pretty well. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet just off the TV tape and maybe the end zone view will show a different thing. Whenever PFF releases their grades, I'm willing to bet that a core four probably grades out the worst of those five, but they, Mm -hmm. once again, they were only in, in the, in the game for a limited amount of time there. So and they were able to march down the field and all like that. So not not a lot to talk about other than that one series for the for the starting five. They all played just that one series, correct? Just nine snaps. Am I correct? Uh, or did they get an extra series whenever Trubisky came in? No, uh, it was uh, 10 snaps for a core four, 10 for more, 10 for uh, Sayamalo, 10 for Cole and 10 for Daniels. Okay, so that was the first. I think I said nine snaps. I think it was right. ten snaps for Pickett, right. right? So that was just the first drive. Then they right. all came out, and the backups came in. Okay, so fair enough on that. Um, Broderick Jones. So let's talk about him. First round pick here. I thought overall it was a good performance. I know there was a holding call late in that game. I thought Tanner Morgan was also kind of bailing and getting a ton of depth there, but fine holding call on Broderick Jones. That aside, again, have to watch y'all twenty two for him and for all the offensive linemen. But I was really trying to take the time to watch Jones in particular especially on that two-minute drill where it's obvious pass situations. I thought he was really strong, fluid, sealed the edge, handled power decently, probably some work to do there with his hand placement and and his punch. But overall, for the volume of snaps, too, he probably played as many snaps as anybody did offensively in this game, a good performance for him. Yeah, I'm going to have to punt, defer to you on that because I haven't really focused in on him too much. Now, I do know he did have that rough uh, couple of snaps there, what in this was it in the second half there? They and they did give him a lot of burn. Forty nine snaps in this game. He led all offensive players okay. uh, in 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 total snaps played. I I haven't gone nuanced on him even on 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 the TV tape outside. I mean he did have a rough couple back like back to back snaps I think. Uh, but I don't want to judge him just off off those snaps. And I think Mike Tomlin said you know probably some hand placement and, and technique stuff over there. So uh, he is a guy that I look forward to really focusing. In in on 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 the all 22 uh spencer anderson we asked uh, the question how much will he moved around i think he played at least three positions in this game both guard spots and right tackle that i know of yeah i will have the charting from our tom me but i believe that sounds right so using some of that versatility probably played a bit more guard than i expected but when you when you had broderick jones playing a fair amount of snaps those tackles sticking around a little bit longer that gave Anderson some more opportunities at offensive guard. So again, have to go through his tape. I really don't have an evaluation of how good or bad Anderson's performance was, but to show that versatility in that first game to play three spots, that's helpful to to his cause. Uh, the only other offensive lineman that I focused in on really in this game was Kendrick Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and A, I don't think we saw a Kendrick Green fullback snap. No, and I was uh, surprised by that. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised by that. But uh, as we talked about, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. If I'm pulling up my rock voice there. Uh, I mean, if he, if he, if he can't play center, then he, you know, all the other stuff's just window dressing when, when it comes to him. And 
the TV tape, in my opinion, is bad enough on them. And the TV tape might look good compared to once the all 22 uh, comes mm. back on him uh, is my view on him. Uh, and then he had a stretch there of like three plays, I think, right in a row there uh, in it was uh, was it late in the second quarter or early in the in, in the second half there that uh, were just, you know, absolutely horrible. He had the holding call. Uh, he, he got uh, forklifted back and mm-hmm. uh, almost, almost got uh, Mason Rudolph injured and then a bad snap uh, on, on top of it there. So, uh, and then they put him back in the game almost they're like, they're like trying to give them every chance. I think, right. you know, uh, because I think they even put them back in the game after, after Herbig and McCollum played, uh, in, in, in this one to give them more snaps. I, I don't think it's going to here. Here's where I come down on the center and I haven't gone nuanced on Herbig, but nothing stuck out, you know, hugely from what I saw, uh, with Herbig at center. Uh, I didn't think McCollum, necessarily represented himself too terribly well overall here here's where i come down on this right now at, at this point the backup center for this team is either going to be nate herbig or somebody not on this roster right now mm-hmm. yeah and i think i basically had said as much the last week or so where i you know herbig did come in third team center behind green but they needed some guards ahead of him uh for the second team offensive line and so herbig had to play guard opposite of dotson and green was in the middle there so I mean, I understood the hype about the fullback. I thought it was interesting. And again, I'm surprised we didn't see it, you know, early in the game before Green checked in or maybe late in the game. But Green was getting a lot of work there, obviously, along the offensive line. But I made mention that I still thought in terms of him as an offensive lineman, he was still showing the same struggles in training camp as he's shown, um, you know, his first two years uh, in the NFL as a starter, as a rookie and in the preseason last year as a sophomore. And I didn't really see a lot of improvement there. And this warm could turn. Pretty quickly, if he has a couple of bad snaps, and he did, but you're right, the, the string of consecutive, you know, miscues, the, uh, you know, getting bowled into the pocket, followed by a holding call, followed by a, a bad snap that has a big negative play. I mean, just stacking bad plays on top of each other. You know, one bad play may happen to an offensive lineman, but three in a row is just unacceptable. And, and if you get in a game and that happens, that can, you know, that can kill you, you know, yeah, it can cost you a game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. And look, it's the same old stuff with him uh, that mm-hmm. we were pointing out. During, and remember, this is a guy that didn't play during his second season, right? So, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're picking up where we left off uh, with him during his rookie season, basically, on the ground, bad snaps. Uh, I mean, he's, if, if he gets out in space, he's fine. And that's why where all the talk of the fullback came from and all like that. But, I mean, if he, if he can't play center – then none of the other stuff matters. And even if he is a center, he's still a third string center. I think he'll be behind Herbeck or by somebody from the outside. And so he's not taking those snaps at guard. So, you know, if Anderson can can hold his own and look good and have that versatility, maybe he gets a little bit of center. Maybe they maybe they work Anderson at center this week just to see what he looks like there. The one position he's not actually worked in training camp. He's done it before at Maryland. Why not give this guy an opportunity? Um, you know, I don't know what that would mean for Kendrick Green in terms of practice reps but but i would try anderson a little bit there and just see what he can do well here here's the thing i mean do you do you need to give green more up i mean have you seen enough at center now <laughs> uh, what, yeah probably you know so why why wouldn't you try to give those but you haven't seen anderson at center in 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 any practices right no he has not taken a single snap and i mean green's still gonna practice and he's only practiced at center so he's still gonna probably rep center in some capacity during during camp this week well i think something's wrong if if you start reporting on sunday at training camp practice that kendrick green is going in there and being the second team center you know something's something, wrong in the sense of of, of what it's like i just I, I think it's a bad decision i, I think you need to start yeah. figuring figuring that that out beyond him now and i i don't think the answer is ryan mccollum but you know no. if, if if anything maybe he deserves to take a, a step up the ladder. I, I I think it's going to be Herbig or somebody not on this roster. I'm with you, but I do want to see what Anderson can do there just to get a look and just to have some experience where if you ever had a bunch of injuries, you might have somebody that, uh, you know, has done it before a little bit and, and maybe smooth over an emergency type of situation. So again, we'll keep looking at the offensive line. Did anything else stick out to you up front? I really, you know, for me, I got to watch y'all 22 to really be able to, to, to 
evaluate the, the big guys up front. Yeah, I, I'm with you because I mean, it was a late game and trying to fly back through the TV mm-hmm. tape and all. You can only focus on so much. All right, defense. All right. defense. Yep. Let's look over the defensive line here. Keanu Benton, you just hope that ankle's okay because, you know, it was a great performance until then. This guy was impactful in the backfield, pass game, run game. There was a couple plays. I think one, one series, I mean, I think three straight plays, he was impactful. I forget the whole, you know, what it was. It was a fourth down blow up. It was him club in the center for a, a near pressure. The left guard had to come over and give help, give help and kind of trip Benton up. Uh, he's, you know, I think you had a clip of him not getting reached and, and still being able to, blow up a play as the running back cut back. I mean, just good play after good play for Keanu Benton. Yeah. uh, Now there was the one play, I think where he got kind of bullied about six yards off the line of scrimmage there. But uh, for the most part, I thought he represented himself really, really, really well uh, overall. And now you hope that that uh, ankle injury uh, won't prevent him from playing, playing more. I mean, it showed, remind me a lot of the things that you kind of had shown in the, uh, uh, in that first, uh, that very first uh, Keanu Benton uh, offseason post that you mm-hmm. did on him right around the Senior Bowl uh, there uh, before the Senior Bowl, it was, uh, we saw a lot of that stuff. I thought overall he kept his balance well because I, I think if there was a knock on him uh, coming out of out of Wisconsin on his college tape, that sometimes uh, his his balance. Uh, wasn't good, but I thought overall, I thought he did a great job of balance, uh, did a good job of, of quickness off the ball and, you know, a swim over and beating a reach block and really tall. And that's Cody mock too, you know, yeah, uh, we, we were big fans of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and I know people are judging Cody mock off that one play, but I, you know, I think Cody mock still got a lot of football in him, uh, left to play there. So it wasn't just uh, dealing with just an average, uh, furniture mover, uh, in, in there overall there. So yeah, I, I thought that and Mike Tomlin mentioned bitten by name after the game as well, too. And anytime you can get that with a rookie after our first preseason game, I, I think that I, I think the all 22 would be kind to him. I think so as well. Um, I, I do. I do agree. I think his biggest issue Ben's is anchoring against double teams, splitting double teams, not getting washed out easier said than done. It, does, it really looks pretty. You're not going to, you know, stonewall a, a, a double team or a combo block, but I think he's going to have to work on his anchor there to really kind of take that next step in his game. But great athlete, good hand usage, high energy type of dude, impact player in the backfield of Pittsburgh. When they drafted him, said, you know, we believe there's more he can do than just be that classic nose tackle that he can rush the passer more than maybe what the stats indicated at Wisconsin. And you're seeing signs of that last night. I didn't focus and staying on the, def- are you done talking? Are we done with mm-hmm. Benton here? Yep. Uh, uh, I didn't hyper focus on 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 it outside of maybe the first couple of possessions there and you've talked about Montrevious Adams uh seemingly having a good start at camp there I thought he represented himself well early in that game uh I thought okay. was, what did you see from him I didn't get a good feel for uh, it initially. just it, it felt like he it looked like he was strong and fresh and got some push early there uh and I'm only talking about you know the first couple of series there where I was uh, kind of honing in on him but uh, just on the surface, it looked like, especially early in the game, it looked like Montrevious Adams rep- represented himself well of those guys up front. I do know the run defense just collectively had some issues in kind of the, I don't know, second quarter of this game. And so I'll have to go back and see what happened there. But I thought when I think about the individual performances of Benton, of Loudermilk, of, of Armin Watts, I thought those guys look good. And again, I really think this D-line group has been competitive and strong. And I'll, I'll keep saying the, the the phrase tough cuts here probably a lot uh, until and unless injuries dictate and make decisions for Pittsburgh. And again, we'll see about the, the ankle injury for Benton. There's going to be some tough cuts along this defensive line. Uh, what else stuck out? Uh, I, I didn't hyper focus on Fahoko through through the first time and a half through, but he did have that pass bat down uh, in, in in the game. So that was did you look, po- at, look at Leal? There. I was trying to get a feel of Leal in this one. I didn't get a great feeling, but I really don't have enough to to make a conclusion. Uh, the the few times that I focused in on him, I thought the athleticism was there. Sure, we, which we knew. I mean, right. he's always been that kind of guy. Can he do something with it is the question. Right. But, I mean, we did finally get to and once again, we'll, we'll focus on him uh, a little bit later this afternoon. But uh, we saw his hand in the, on the ground. Yeah, I don't know if he stood up. I might have missed it. I'll have to go through my charting and confirm. But I don't recall him standing up in this game. Okay. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's go now to the linebackers. We'll start with the outside linebackers. And did Alex Highsmith need to play in this game? Can't Highsmith yeah, just a little point? bit. 
just a yeah. little bit. Does he does he need to though? I don't know. I think he got that contract. He can get the TJ Watt treatment, but it was him and Marcus Golden starting. Obviously, uh Nick Herbig the, the talk here, and it was an impressive day overall, but I think it was doubly impressive because this this guy is not practiced in a couple days. I mean, he went through he's been uh, in, in individual periods, but he's not been in team since I forget what day it's been. It's been it's been a couple days though. And so for him to kind of come off the bus and get his first, you know, game action and a little while and play that well makes this uh, day all all the more impressive. Look, you knew when he was in a game, you know, uh, 13 snaps overall uh, on defense there. And the first uh, sack he split with Leal, uh, if you're going to rate these things, it was less impressive than the second one. You know, he ran up the edge and Trask had a deep drop and we knew Herbig can win with, 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 with a get off and speed around the edge. And he did on that, on that first one. Uh, it's not his fault that the quarterback was, was back there at the top of the arc for him to get a hand on there. And he did, he did finish the play. And that, that's all you can ask a guy can do in that situation. I thought, I thought his true his second sack, the the, mm-hmm. the full sack that he had. I thought that was very impressive there because he worked uh, uh, back inside, showed a little bit of you know showed the get off, showed the athleticism, and showed a move to get back inside uh, there. I I thought that was a very impressive sack uh, for him coming off the edge there. It was an intelligent rush. I'll have to get. I need to go back through the all twenty two, but the tackle set wide. I believe the right guard was blocking down on that play, so that created that inside lane there. He also the had a back on him, chipping on sort of half hmm. half chipping, I think, on the outside on that one okay. as well too. So uh, he it wasn't just a one on one situation. So uh, man, if you if you I, I can't wait to see. Because uh, I don't think the because I got the Tampa Bay broadcast. I don't know what 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 what, what you had the uh, maybe uh, maybe they showed. I had the better. KDK. They showed a good replay of this uh, the stack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't get to see all that great of a replay on that, but uh, I I thought the I thought his full sack, the second one, you know that that he was in on, uh, was was very impressive from 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 you know all, all views that I have. And that's why you rush inside because if the back's chipping to the outside, the tackle set wide, you're not going to win to the outside. You're just going to get chipped and the ball's going to be out. And if the guard's blocking down, taking the tackle, the D tackle, then you rush inside. So it was a good, you know, kind of outside hesitation. Then inside, I don't know if it was a swim or whatever it was. I forget the exact move, but yeah, it was a, it was a smart rush. And when you rush smart and you're a good athlete with good hand use, you get to the quarterback. Uh, anything else to the group? I think overall was generally quiet. Roche maybe showed a little bit. I, I think he technically had the forced fumble at the end of the game on that uh, that that final punt there. I believe it went to him. Um, Perales. I saw some people talking him up. I, I have to go back and watch through. I didn't get a great impression from Perales. He got the, a lot of burn the effort. The effort was there, and that's what he was okay. coming out of Fresno State. He was a high effort, high motor guy, and. Uh, uh, I, I thought you saw at least that aspect of him, uh, in this game. Now, one time I think he, he, he gave up contain or something on, on a roll on, on a scramble or something like that might, might be a negative overall. But I think the thing that stuck out, uh, uh, for me with him was, was a high effort, uh, kind of guy. And with golden, who wasn't in the game very long, the thing that I saw on him that also matched, matched his tape was, uh, chasing after the football and 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 backside, mm-hmm. uh, chasing down some of those runs. I think early was was the thing that stuck out with Marcus Golden. And that's always been his calling card. I remember the uh, film room that Jonathan did after Golden got signed. I mean, he's like the king at backside contain chase. You know, chasing down the ball, and so he's a he's a real high effort, high energy type of dude. Right. All right and as far as any other outside linebacker, I didn't. I, nothing comes to mind. Inside linebacker Quan Alexander, Ooh. you felt it. You could, I, and, and you, you know what? I should have had him on my winners list. I, I thought about that like 20 minutes after, and I realized people have already probably killed me in the comments, so I just didn't update the post. But he's definitely, I think, a winner from last night. Landon Roberts only played two snaps in this game. Alexander played uh, far more uh, of, the, of the lot. Yeah, a lot of snaps for Alexander. And facing his former team, this dude was downhill. He was energetic. He was intense, and he let his presence be felt. Well, you wouldn't have known that. Uh that he hadn't been part of this defense for, <laughs> for, for a little while, uh, two weeks. And look, even that, uh, that, that, that penalty that they had on him. I mean, I understand the spirit of the role. And I, you know, I guess if you slow that thing, I went back and tried to slow that thing down and, and, and freeze frame it. Uh, 
I understand why they called it. I don't like it. I, but as Mike Tomlin say, rather say, rather say, whoa, than sick them. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of sickum. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, if you want, if you want to quantify the game that Quan Alexander had Friday night, it was sickum. Period. Yeah. And Tampa Bay was saying, whoa, this guy's right. hitting. Right. He, he had a couple of big pops in this one as well, too, and did a, did a good job avoiding trash on a couple of those to come in and fill, uh, fill some of those gaps. So, you know, I, I it's, a, it's, it's only one preseason game and, you know, all, all like that, but I don't know, Alex. Do you have to maybe think that it might be Holcomb and 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 Alexander as the two in the middle? Well, I said this before because when Alexander got signed, all the initial reporting was, "Oh, he's depth. Yeah, he might compete for a spot, but you know, he's not expected to start." I said he may not start. I don't know, but the dude's going to play. He's not signed to run down kicks and punts and bide his time for somebody to get hurt. And so I think they're going to find ways to get all those top three guys on the field with Holcomb being the three down guy. He wore the green dot as confirmed by Charlie Batch last night. Uh, Roberts is going to play. Alexander will play. I'll go back to my initial assumption or my initial thought that, you know, Robertson, Holcomb in base three, four, Alexander and Holcomb in nickel and Holcomb in dime. I'm going to stand by that for now. I'll check the charting to see, you know, when Roberts came in. I don't know if that was um, base situations. I'm literally charted one play so far. It was base. And so Roberts was in the game. Maybe that's how they did it. I I, I don't know for sure, but um, I'm pretty confident all three guys will, will be playing, uh, you know, pretty significant defensive snaps this year. Okay. Beyond that, trying to think about the rest of the group. Quintowski blew up a running back, kind of uh, yeah. Vince Williams uh, style. And hopefully he didn't blow out his shoulder, though, because he fell on that shoulder pretty hard. And so we'll see what the injury was there. So, yeah, to lose him, to lose Chappelle Russell, that sucked for him because he was a guy that I was looking forward to watching in this game. He's had a good camp. He's been energetic. Um, I thought Muse looked okay. Overall, the whole inside linebacker room looked good. You just wonder about the injuries right now. You know, will you have Russell and Kwiatkowski for the rest of camp? Right. All right, moving on now to the secondary and the uh, defensive backs. Let's talk about the cornerbacks to start here. Dave, again, unfortunate Joey Porter Jr. could not play in this contest. Uh, No Patrick Peterson in this one. Starting corners were James Pierre and Levi Wallace. Your overall thoughts on the cornerback group? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Barku got some early snaps in this game, didn't he? I think so. Um, with some of the injuries and some of those guys not playing makes sense. And plus the guys had a couple of really good practices. So you, know, right. you would hope that you would see him a little bit more. Right. Uh, I, the, the thing that stuck out, uh, Barku came flying down on one of those early plays, but unfortunately I think he missed the tackle mm-hmm. on, on, that, uh, on that. That's my boy, Devin Tompkins. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, 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 that forced out. And I, that stuck out, uh, James Pierre got a lot of burn in this game. I mean, he got a lot of burn in this game. And even that touchdown on him, I mean, what else do you want the guy to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there? I mean, I don't – did he Did he get a finger even – if he didn't get a finger on it, he got a fingernail on it and all like that. And you, you kind of hate it for him because it was such a great pass and a great catch uh, overall. Uh you know, I, I thought top to bottom, he 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 represented himself well overall. That stuck out to to me as far as the cornerbacks go. Uh, Riley, uh, as expected, got a lot of burn in this game as well too. Now, as far as coverage and all goes like that, we we'll have to see what the uh, what the uh, press box view of that you know looks like and all. But th- those are a few things that stuck out to me overall. What about you? Well, Riley had what a tackle for loss, his tackle on special teams, a good punt coverage play. I mean, that's what he needs to be. He needs to be, they're looking for that rundown slot corner. And Riley's a hair on fire dude. I think a tackle for loss or one of the tackles was was a backside chase. And so they're looking for somebody who can wear that hat. And I think Riley can wear it pretty effectively. So that that's encouraging for him in this slot battle that will continue. Yeah, Pierre, that was what covered too. He's getting depth. I thought it was just a great throw by Baker Mayfield. Just one of those where it's a perfect ball. And I'm sure Pierre could have done something better if you're the DB's coach, Grady Brown, and, and how you coach that thing. But I'm not going to hold it against Pierre too much overall. From there, yeah, the corners didn't really stick out. Marjorie Harper, I think, had a breakup. Used his length well on on one play. But 
Um, I didn't get a lot of notes and takeaways off the top from that group. Uh, there were, I think it got called, but wasn't there a missed tackle or two by, uh, by a cornerback or, or by one cornerback on that, on that touchdown that was called back. Uh, yeah. Who missed the, the tackle there? I forget. I, I know somebody did. I don't know. I want to say the wrong name, but mm. there was a missed tackle. All right. Yeah. Not, right. I don't, I don't have a lot there. Some of that will stick out more mm-hmm. on, on the all 22. Now safety, Trent top, uh, Tompkins had a, uh, 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 a nice robber interception, a nice read, a nice cut and, 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 and all there. Uh, I didn't think, uh, uh, Kenny Robinson obviously played a lot. I don't think he, you know, stuck out really much positively or negative negatively. Uh, I think Trenton though, on a couple of times had some poor angles on some tackle attempts there outside of the interception, uh, who else played safety? They didn't have a lot of safeties. Yeah, Jalen Elliott, I think, had one missed uh, angle, allowed the completion. Who else um, played safety in this game? Killebrew. Uh, uh, yeah, Killebrew. I, I really, I, I don't have anything on Killebrew as far as TV viewing goes. Sure. Did, he did played Riley, 34 snaps, though. Well, they don't have a lot of safeties playing in this one, so guys had to absorb it. Did Riley play any safety in this game? Do you know when you were watching through, again, my charting will – flesh all this out but did, did you see him i i did i don't have that uh i don't have that info yet okay no. i don't know if he did i just trying to think about because the, the lines were pretty short no minka no casey no neil nor no norwood it's a uh, pretty thin there yeah thompson's uh, i think an aggressive downhill guy i think he fills the alley well probably can be a little too reckless as you pointed out but i think he's practice squad material okay all right, that's going to cover the position group specialist. Again, the backups were in. There was no Boz, no Harvin, no Christian Kuntz, and so it was BT Potter, Rex Sunahara, and Braden Mann. I thought Mann's punting was okay. Nothing that made me think, okay, this guy's going to be this team starting punter week one. BT Potter, credit to him, a couple of field goals. One did sneak in in that left upright, but good is good in the NFL, and so I thought Potter had a, a good NFL debut. Uh, I thought there was one interesting snap. I figured you'll go look at on one of those by Sonahara uh, that was a little wide. Uh, okay. That that might might be worth looking at. What else was there on? I did think Sunahara's snaps in my very limited view of camp were a little more inaccurate, and I thought Kuntz had been you know clearly the better snapper for whatever it's worth in training camp. What else was I looking at when it came to? Oh, uh, the uh, the uh, th- that one punt by man that ended up going fifty something yards. Though uh, he got he, I think he got was a benefit of a lucky some you know lucky bouncing uh, there because I don't think it came off his foot overly good. Right, right. And then Bird as the return guy, not a ton of chances. There were some short punts and some kicks that couldn't be returned. Did have one. The one return, what he did get on on the on punt team was pin right sideline. Really couldn't do much with it, mm. so you know just really couldn't evaluate that a whole lot. But they gave him a lot of burn. Now, will they do that going forward? I gotta think at some point they're gonna let Austin Olszewski get some looks there because I mean the odds of Jordan Bird making this team are are still pretty low. Yeah, I think that was his opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to 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 show what he can maybe do. You know, I don't know. Maybe you get late in the fourth quarter of some of these games uh, coming up. Maybe he'll get another opportunity or two. But I, I think the time's ticking on him. And why is Danny Smith kicking out of the end zone to start this game? Come on, Danny Smith. I want Mike Tomlin talking about we want to see returns, and yet you have a touchback on the opening kickoff. I want to see this kick coverage team. I agree. I agree. All right. Any other final thoughts? I think we covered the group pretty well. Again, we got to go back to the tape and especially all 22. And I'm you know behind in terms of rewatching this game. But um, I, I think overall a good performance. Um, happy with especially how the offense did, you know, early in this one. I know I know Tampa Bay played some of their backups in this one. I get it, but can only evaluate who they played against in this game. And Pittsburgh still did a lot of good things. So I'm, I'm encouraged by this start. Yeah, and look, Tampa helped them out a bunch on the penalties. They had 12 for 127, and the Steelers had 6 for 46. Uh, Let's see, what were the penalties? I know Alexander had one. Uh, I know Kendrick Green had one. Where were the other penalties in this one? Uh, I'd have to go back and think. I'm not really sure to be. I mean, Alexander had the one on the helmet contact defensively. I don't know what the other ones. Broderick Jones got called for a hold that was late on that last drive or two. So that's four of the six, I think. 
Let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. Okay, we had uh, Quan Alexander, Kendrick Green, Tanner Muse had one, Shannon Sullivan had one, uh, Cody White uh, had one, and then you had three declined, uh, Madre Harper, Broderick Jones, and James uh, Nyamwa. Oh, that's the offsides when he was trying to run back, and, and he, he got caught. He was called for 12 men and offsides on the same play, so... Right. Uh, welcome to the NFL. Uh, a little different than than how Mary Mack College, uh, I think, worked. All right. All right, Dave. Any reader emails to close out today's show? I don't know if we have any emails. Uh, anybody I staying didn't... up late or sending in something early to give their thoughts? I'm sure there's probably somebody with a, a thought or a comment or two on this preseason opener. Of course, we'll be back, I guess, uh, tomorrow for our, our, our camp coverage, but also our next uh, full regular episode of the podcast will be on, on Monday. Uh, Jim Bendis writes in Hanson brothers. Hey, I have been putting this out of my mind. Every time I thought of it, it keeps coming back to me. But every time I think of the Herbig brothers, I keep going back to the Hanson brothers <laughs> in the movie Slapshot. True. This is football, not hockey, but the manner the brothers have on and off the field. Plus it is a Pittsburgh area team, somewhat parallel parallels, the Hanson brothers and both, uh, last name start with with H. He says, "Look, I I think the Herbig uh, 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 brother story is is yet another great Pittsburgh brothers story here." And what did uh, Mike Tomlin say uh, on, on the sideline? Something to the effect of, uh, "Anybody have any other brothers or something like that?" <laughs> yeah. Anyone else have a younger brother? That was after I guess Herbig uh, one of his impact plays in this one. Yeah, I mean. I know Pittsburgh can can kind of it feels a little little over the top, a little predictable with all the uh, sibling connections, all the brother connections. But they do that for a reason. Guys that have been around football all their life, they know what you know the NFL standard is, and guys that are just you know love the game and and come into play, and they've generally found more success with those siblings than not. Uh, let's see, Paul Brown. Last night's game couldn't have gone any better for the offense. Kenny plays lights out on his drive. Wide receivers actually getting yak and a run game showing flashes. One of the things that caused concern, though, does this team really have a backup center? Kendrick Green is atrocious. Paul, we've we we we've we've talked about this. I've talked about the center position all off season, and uh, from where I sit right now, as I said earlier in the show, I think that backup center is Nate Herbig or somebody not currently uh, on, on the team. And we'll see if my viewpoint changes after the next preseason game here. Uh, Chad Burns writes in, we saw McFarlane and Austin in on the same drive. Do you think two speed guys at the same time helps keep the defense from easily keying on the red flashing light when just one of those speed guys come onto the field? Look, I wouldn't read too much about who was on the field together, especially when it when, when it comes to those two. I would look at just the individual play. Uh, if, if Austin showed us anything, man, one of the, that, that first uh, jet sweep that he had, man, he got to that edge quick man, mm-hmm. and, and turned it upfield. Uh, uh, if, if you, you know, outside of that explosive re- reception for a touchdown that he had, if you want, if you want one play that, that signifies that guy's over that foot injury, it, it was that one there. Uh, I'm not reading too much into, in, in the McFarlane and Austin in on the same drive and all like that. I think both represented himself well. Uh, and I, you know, this goes back to when when Austin was drafted and all the uh, talk about trying to compare him to uh, uh, who was a Kent State uh, Dre Archer. Yeah, Dre Archer and all. I mean, this, there's there's just no comparison here other than both of them being you know a little underside. I mean, Austin is a, a, a an accomplished uh, receiver. Uh, he got through that game. Just I mean, you get four touches for ninety something yards. I mean, and yeah, it's a preseason game, yada yada. But but that says something right there. But I, I Chad, I would not read much into having both them on the field and all like that. I, I would look at their, 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 their performances individually. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, having more speed, I guess helps. I mean that, you know, McFarland and Austin probably will be on the field very little together uh, in the regular season, but I understand. Assuming the point about, McFarland makes it makes right. roster. Right? Well, that's kind of my point. Yeah. A, he has to make it and be that, you know, all those uh, mechanisms. So, you know, probably won't be much of a conversation piece come, come September 10th, but, I mean, I understand the point about Austin, kind of the the red flashing light of like his speed. But I mean, as you said, Dave, he's not he's not a tree archer. He's a guy that's a legitimate true wide receiver that can run a full wide receiver route tree. And yeah, you can creatively use that speed and maximize that and use him in in different ways. But he's not this positionless, unrefined 
don't really know what he does, but he's fast kind of guy. The tree archer is that Jordan bird is right now in camp for the team where he's kind of that archer, not really sure what he can do from a position standpoint, but he's an athlete and, you know, had college success. Let's kind of try to figure it out. Austin is not that he is more, far more defined. And and, and that's really encouraging for his NFL, uh, you know, potential. All right. Uh, that's all the emails. And I think that's all we got. Uh, uh, not, not a bad show overall for, two and a half hours sleep. I don't think, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you and I will be back on Sunday after training camp practice for another special edition of the podcast. Hopefully we're, we're sharing some good news about some of these injured guys here and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe get some of these, you know, guys like Joey Porter jr. Ramped up to play, uh, in the second preseason game. So whatever does happen out there at St. Vincent college in late trobe, you will be reporting on in the meantime, Alex and I will start pouring through more of the tape once that uh, gets dumped in our lap. And I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit of, about what we find in, in that special edition podcast on Sunday and, and most notably on the Monday morning uh, edition of the podcast as well, too. So uh, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in on this Saturday. And let's see, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. Like what we do and want to donate to the cause of Steelers. Depot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you want an ad free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, uh, hit the ad free button. Tom's 10 takes is up on the site. Glad to see that back. We got a lot of great content, post game content coming up on, on the site all throughout Saturday afternoon. So make sure you get by the site and check that out. So until Sunday night, as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.